0: Thanks for joining Cornerstone for our message of the week. We hope you'll be inspired and encouraged. To connect with our church family and to watch our services live, download our app today by texting SPARKSWillFly, as one word, APP, to 77977. That's Sparks Will Fly app to 77977. Or by visiting us online at sparkswillfly.cc. Well, obviously this morning, your pastor is not here, so I'm standing in. It's big shoes to fill, but I'm standing in for my apostle this morning. He is renewing vows for Pastor Dell and Amy Bange over in Jessup, Georgia. And so uh, they reached out, and Pastor Dell and Amy have no idea that Pastor John is in there this morning. So I think when they see the bald-headed preacher walking in, they're going to be really excited. So uh, we're excited for what's going on over there in Jessup, and Pastor Dale uh, Bange is a is a friend of this house, and he's a great friend of, of Pastor John and Miss Catherine, him and Miss Amy. They're doing a great work over there in Jessup, and so we are glad that Pastor's able to go do that this morning. Amen. I do want to make one more um, quick announcement that this coming Wednesday, we will be having our 412 service, and so that 412 service will be geared toward this topic of baptism, and we are going to uh, have worship. We're going to uh, feed the kids as we always do on Wednesday nights. And then we will be, um, then Pastor John will be actually teaching to Firehouse, I think for the first time. We're going to bring them over here and we're going to baptize a lot of kids. So some of them have just been born again and some of them just want to rededicate their lives to Jesus. And so we're going to do that. And so I just want to ask you guys as the Cornerstone family to be here. I would just ask that if you can, I know it's a Wednesday night. Even if you're late and you're getting off from work, um, I would love, love, love for you guys to be here. And I'm just being supportive of those guys. Hey, maybe you want to come and get dunked. And so we can probably make that happen too. So me, myself, For Abby and I and my family, I think we've been baptized like 30, 40 times, so uh, it doesn't matter if you've done it before, you can do it again. You know, Paul said that he took a fresh vow of consecration to the Lord. And so that's why I like to think of baptism. We don't just do it just one time, but it's literally where we're being reburied with Christ and raised into the newness of life. Things that have held us captive, things that have held us bound in bondage. When we go under that water, man, all of those things wash away. Amen. And we come up a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. So if you can be here on Wednesday night, I want to ask you to just come and um, Pastor will be bringing the word. Matt and Nicole, they are coming back from a cruise uh, today. They've been gone for a week, so they've getting, they're getting refreshed. Matt and Nicole hardly are ever gone. They're always here and so on, but they're not here this morning. How many of you were in the service last Sunday when Matt Thomas led worship? Were you here? Come on, were you not blessed by that? That was amazing. I really felt like that when, um, that when Bethany began to sing that uh, goodness of God, I just felt like that we were kind of piggybacking off of what was going on in here last Sunday. How many of you can say that in your belly you just felt the victory of God? I felt victory in the room last Sunday. So we're just going to piggyback right off of that this morning. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Exodus chapter 31. We're going to go to Exodus chapter 31. This is a bit of a different passage for me, but I... Uh, I have come kind of like Dr. Rod Parsley this morning. I didn't come to say something. I came with something to say. So I feel it in my bones this morning. I have been stirred this week to preach the gospel. Pastor told me he was going to be gone. And so I have been locked away with God. And I do believe that I, do believe that I have heard his voice. So we're going to go to uh, Exodus chapter 31, verse 1. Allie, Mike, where'd you go, girl? Where you at? Get up there and help me. That's my sister, if y'all didn't know So I could talk to her a little bit meaner than I would. She used to think her brother was crazy, but now she actually likes to hang out and listen to me a little bit. So anyway, she's shaking her head. No, that's not the truth. He's lying just because you're preaching to the people. But anyway, Exodus chapter 31 is where we will be this morning. And we're going to begin reading in verse 1. And it goes a little something like this. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel. Everybody say, be- Everybody say Bezalel. See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding and knowledge and all manner of workmanship. That's really what we're driving home this morning will be verse 3 of this passage. I have filled him with the spirit of God and wisdom and understanding and knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. To design artistic works, to work in gold and silver and bronze and cutting jewels for setting and carving wood. Can you turn her keys up just a little bit, please? And I indeed have appointed with him Oheliab, the son of Ahishmach of the tribe of Dan. I'm reading from the New King James, by the way. The tribe of Dan, and I have put wisdom in the heart's of all the gifted artisans that they may make all that I've commanded you. The tabernacle of meeting, the ark of the testimony and the mercy seat that is on it and all the furniture of the tabernacle. Verse eight, the table and its utensils, the pure gold lampstand with all its utensils, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offerings with all its utensils and the layer in its base. Verse 10, the garments of ministry, the holy garments for Aaron and the priest and the garments of his sons to minister as priest. And the anointing oil and the sweet incense for the holy place, according to all that I have commanded you, they shall do. Let's turn our attention back to verse 2 this morning, speaking of Bezalel and what type of man Bezalel was. It says, see, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, which will be important later on, the son of Hur, which will also be important later on of the tribe of judah verse 3 again and i have filled him with the spirit of god in wisdom and understanding in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship place your hand on the neighbor of the person next to you grab them by the hand pull them in tight hope you brushed your teeth this morning and put on some deodorant if you're not you probably you're probably wishing that uh, they're not sitting by you come on everybody okay let's pray holy spirit We just ask for a greater manifestation of your presence. I pray the Ephesians 1 prayer this morning that Paul prayed. God, that you would open the eyes of our understanding, enlighten our hearts. God, as I preach and teach your word this morning, I declare, Lord, and I ask. Lord that you would hide me behind your son Jesus you would hide me behind your cross God let the people of God not hear Stanton this morning but Holy Spirit let them hear Jesus let them see Jesus God if they hear my voice nothing will change about them but God if they see Jesus face to face if they hear the voice that's like a rushing mighty river the voice of many waters one touch from you one embrace from you God it changes us forever so God I pray for an encounter to Lord, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth here as it is in heaven. God, let us go from glory to glory. Let us learn something today from the deep, deep treasure box of your word. God, you are alive. You are not dead, but you are speaking. God, you're not a statue in heaven, but you are alive. You are breathing. You are moving. So today, Holy Ghost, I wish I had just at least 10 people to help me pray this morning. God, speak to us this morning. We have a burning desire. Desire to hear what thus saith the word of the Lord Jesus. So in the mighty name of Yeshua the Christ, help me this morning, open our eyes in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to speak to you this morning from the topic of the Bezalil anointing. Everybody say that, the Bezalil anointing. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. How many of you know that we, the church, are not to be impacted by the culture? But the church, as we hear the man of God speak every, almost every Sunday, he will make a comment that is something along these lines. The issues of the, of the world today that you and I face are laying at the door or the threshold of the body of Christ, of the church so we as a church are not to be impacted and influenced by what Hollywood is doing, not by Fox News, not by CNN, ESPN, or any television program, not the media. I'm thankful for all of that, but how many of you know that Jesus Christ speaks a better word? We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. He who knew no sin became sin, that I through him might become the righteousness of Christ Jesus. One of the problems that people in today's world do not understand, the prob- one of the problems that we face is we do not understand the scripture that Paul said when he said, Do not forget that ye, you, we, me, ourselves, the body of Christ, are and is the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost of God, the precious Holy Spirit, the blessed Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. How many of you know that Jesus had to leave the earth? Why? Because the Holy Spirit had to come. How many of you know that, J- that Jesus and His disciples were walking together on the earth, and they were doing ministry together, and they were doing life together for three and a half years? And in those three and a half years, those apostles—the only thing that they knew—Philip, Bartholomew, uh, 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 Peter, James, John, all the different apostles and disciples of Jesus—they walked with this man, the greatest man to ever walk the planet, for three and a half years. And then Jesus says, "This it is best for you that I." I go away. How many of you know that would probably be a pretty startling statement when you have come to know this man as the Savior of the world and now he's getting ready to leave you. Why? Because the precious, powerful, Holy Spirit had to come and now he is not long, he's not just going around everywhere, he's not just sitting up in heaven, but when he died on the cross and rose again, he sent us the Holy Spirit to dwell on the inside of us. So our prayer is not that, God, you would dwell in us, because if we have accepted Jesus Christ, he is alive in us, friend. But it's not Jesus that's in us. It's not Jesus that's here on the earth today. It is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the most ignored person on the face of the planet. In our churches today, all over the world, there will be a lined out program. We will do three songs. The preacher will come up. He will receive of the tithes and the offering. After the preacher receives the tithes and the offering, he will preach a nice three-point sermon. There will be an altar call. People will repeat a prayer. After those people repeat the prayer, everyone will clap. They will go to a buffet and they will have chicken. I can tell you this morning that if you are sitting in in here, you are destined to not just be a born-again believer. That is only the first gate. Then we get to inherit something called the kingdom lifestyle. John the Baptist did not come saying, repeat a prayer and get saved. John the Baptist proclaimed, repent for the kingdom of heaven as at hand. The kingdom of heaven. Heaven, far off. Yes, heaven is in us, and if you can dig it down enough, you're actually in heaven right now, friend. But let me tell you something. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom is on the inside of you and I. So I don't never want to just sail short. You know what I'm saying? For just repeating a prayer and just going to heaven. I want to do that. But I want to through, walk through every single door that God has for me. The Bible says in the New Testament, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Search it out, and God will do it. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it is the honor of kings to search it out. You may not know this this morning, friend, but you are a king and a priest of the Most High God. First, Where's that in the Bible? First Peter 2, 9. You are a chosen generation, friend, a royal priesthood. Come on, we are a city, city that is set on a hill. In the Gospels, it says this. No man lights a lamp and hides it under a basket and hides it in an obscure place where no one can see it. But a man that lights a lamp puts it out for everyone to see. In my living room right now, there is a lamp, friend, that's turned on and it's giving light. Zoe's there, our dog, so we turn a little light on for her so she's not in the dark. But if we put a blanket over that lamp, there is no light in the room, amen? But if we leave the lamp on, That lamp is giving off, and it is generating light. I don't know what uh, pastor or leader, and I bless that man of God, told you that this was the song for everybody to sing. This little light of mine, hey, 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 I'm going to let it shine. That couldn't be further from the truth, friend. You do not have a little light on the inside of you. You have the light of the world on the inside of you. And that's not a small light that is the light of the world jesus did not come to save the church he came to save the world he is not the light of the church he is the light of the world the apostles prayer was not my father who art in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven it was not my father it was what our father the bible says that Bible says that in the kingdom of heaven, there's many, many rooms, amen. So there's room for all of us in the kingdom this morning. Aren't you glad this morning that Jesus is not too tired for your stuff? He's not too busy. That's the reason why one man, Jesus, on the earth, he went to go be with Yahweh Father, and now Holy Spirit is everywhere. He is the only omnipresent God. He's not like Allah. He's not like Muhammad. He's not like Buddha. They can only be statues that cannot talk, that do not live, that cannot breathe. But the Holy Ghost of God himself is speaking, moving, breathing, and alive on the earth today. Can I get an amen? The Bezalel anointing, right? All right, so here we are. We have failed because we ourselves as the church see God and we have painted this picture of God being holy and God being sovereign. God is holy. How many of you agree with that? God is sovereign. He is all-knowing. He is the El Shaddai. But if we believe that he is only holy, but does not care about us, we have failed. If we have painted a picture and illustrated a piece of artwork that only says God is righteous and he is holy and he is judged, yes, he is, but he is just as much concerned. He is just as much Daddy God. He is just as much Abba. And so what happens is, as we see God is far off and he's like a judge in heaven and he's getting ready to just judge that you're guilty, that is not the heart of our father, friend. God is so good that we cannot even wrap our brains around the mystery of heaven. Do you believe that this morning? So just as much, if he's, if he's 100% holy, he's 100% interested in your life. If he's 100% just and all-knowing, I agree with that, and I'm thankful for that. But Jesus is not just holy, friend. He is interested. He is loving. He is gentle. He is kind. He is full of joy, full of creativity. We can't wrap our brain around him. And men, God, men of God all over the world today will try to wrap their brain and t- try to tell you that God is this and God is that. And he is. Believe me, all you have to do is open the scriptures. But I want to tell you something, friend. Jesus Christ is a mystery. He is is full of wonder. We could search for him, Miss Katie, for the rest of our lives and never truly figure him out. That's how beautiful he is. Do you believe that? That's how how mysterious he is. He is the God of Mysterion. He is literally God of mystery, wonder, signs. Literally, we're talking about the God now in Revelation 4 that has 24 elders and four living creatures circling the throne. That's, That's not a boring God, right? Okay, So this God is full of creativity, and He is full of joy. He is full of wisdom. The kingdom of heaven is not meat nor drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. At the right hand of God is joy and the pleasures forevermore. If you are beat down this morning, if you are discouraged this morning, if you are lost this morning, let me tell you, and you can walk out of here assured this morning, that Jesus knows your situation. He is never going to leave you. He is never going to forsake you. And constantly he is praying for you. Do you know that this morning? Two-thirds of the Trinity is praying on your behalf this morning. We don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself, with groanings and utterings that cannot be uttered, is making intercession on behalf of you and I. Psalm 77 says this, God the Lord said to my Lord. Again, the Lord said to my Lord. What what are you trying to say? God the Father and God the Son are having conversations about you right now. They're talking about you. They're saying, look at that Brian Basso down there. Boy, is he good looking. That's my man. He's a man of God. When Gideon was getting ready to go fight the Midianites, he didn't, know, he didn't even want to fight the Midianites. He was hiding in an in a oil press. And the first thing that God the Father did was say, Gideon, rise up, you mighty man of valor. When we hear Jesus' voice, the audible voice of God the Father in, in, in all of the New Testament, what he is proclaiming over Jesus, we see the audible voice of Jesus twice in the New Testament. The first time he says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Again, the audible voice of Jesus comes. One, when the Mount of, 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 Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, John, and then Moses and Elijah appear, right? And Jesus' face is altered. He's glistening like the Right. right? That's the first time that we hear God the Father say, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Again, when John the Baptist baptizes Jesus before he goes into the wilderness, we see the audible voice of God saying this, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I wanna tell you something this morning, friend. God is really concerned about you realizing how big of a deal you are. That was Adam's fault. Adam did not understand how big of a deal he really was. Jacob in the Bible in Genesis, he did not understand how big of a deal he was. He thought he had to dress up like his brother Esau because maybe God made a mistake when when he made him smooth skin. He had smooth skin. But the Bible says that he had to dress up like his brother Esau to try to get the blessing of God. Why? Because he did not know who he was. I pray by the Jesus Christ of Nazareth that you walk out of here this morning encouraged. That you walk out of this place this morning inspired. I pray that you walk out of this place this morning empowered. That you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a creation of Christ Jesus. Your life matters. God knows every hair on the tip of your head. He knows that. The Bible said that if I ascend into the heavenly realm. God, you are there. If I make my bed in She-Ho, literally, God, you are there. He is everywhere, and you cannot escape his love. Can I get an amen? God's dream is not for our churches to look great. I promise I'm going somewhere, and all of this is going to make sense, okay? Just give me a minute to lay some groundwork. God's dream is not for our churches to look great. God's dream is a picture of Revelation 22. What is Revelation 22? At the top of Revelation 22, it says Eden restored. God is longing for the day of the new Jerusalem. What is the new Jerusalem? Where the kingdom of heaven has overtaken, and you and I as sons and daughters of God begin to walk, and we begin to talk in our royal identity in Christ Jesus. Adam didn't know anything about spiritual warfare, friend. Adam didn't know anything about a three-point sermon and worship and how we do church today. The only thing that Adam knew was that God was good, God loved him, and they woke and talked in the cool of the day. That is God's heart for our cities, to rebuild the ruins, the Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61, the prophecy of Isaiah 61, is directly connected to Exodus 31 with Bezalel, and I'm going to show that to you in just a minute, okay? You can fill churches with gifting, charisma, talent and good programs and personality but the only thing that will cause the drug addict to throw the needle down the only thing that's going to cause the alcoholic to put the drink down the only thing that's going to cause the person that's addicted to nicotine pornography and everything else to put those things aside is the power and the presence of almighty god That is the only thing, friend, and I don't know who's telling you what, but I will tell you this morning that Jesus Christ is still moving on his people. We were in a Burn College ministry meeting the other day, and Jay was sitting over in the corner, and the power of God knocked him slam off his stool. Jessica Atkins, we prayed for her in firehouse. She she had an issue with her heart. We prayed for her. She goes to the doctor the next week, and the doctor says that her heart looks completely better. All she's got to do is take a little medicine, and her heart's going to be brand new. How many of you know that prayer still works? Marks. The blood of Jesus Christ is still working today, friend. Nothing has changed about him. We have numbed his power down to a two-hour service on Sunday morning. But the same God that's in here on Sunday morning is the same God that's in the valley with me on Monday when all hell's shaking loose. He is with you, friend. And even when you feel like the walls are crashing in on you, like Hannah told you this morning, he is with you. And not only is he, is he with you, he is in you. You say, how do you know that, preacher? Because it's Christ in me. Me, the hope of glory. Okay? All right, so we're moving along. So let's analyze why we have, why we have failed to realize that we are to impact the culture. Let's analyze this, 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 this unknown thing as to why the body of Christ has failed. Could it be our lack of understanding concerning ourselves being the very temple of the Holy Ghost? You and I are not God, friend, but we very well may be Jesus for somebody every single day. People need Jesus, and Jesus is on the inside of you. Therefore, you need to let your kingdom get out of you. John 15, he is divine, and we are the branches. God's divine purpose for you and I is union. He desires union with us. Union and intimacy repro- uh, excuse me, reproduces breakthrough. When there is no intimacy and where there is no union, we cannot produce anything. If, I, if my wife and I go home and we are intimate with one another, we will produce a baby the same way in the kingdom realm with God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Psalm 91 says this, that those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the wings of Almighty God. Do you know what Bezalel's name means? His name means in the shadow of. His name means under the protection and shadow of God. Our eyes never get opened if we we fail to not pull back the blinders from our eyes and to see that God is not just in here, but He's moving everywhere on the earth. Because of our own personal insecurity, we never, we we fail to never, we fail to never look outside the walls of our church. And we fail to realize what God is doing on the earth. John the Baptist came announcing the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Not go start a church and not go repeat a prayer and let's get everybody saved. I'm thankful for conviction, but as the great Damon Thompson says, let's not stop at the convicting power of the Holy Ghost and let's just not stop with altars being filled. Let's live a kingdom lifestyle that I'm not just living convicted, friend, but I'm living convinced that I'm a son or daughter of God. And I have an elder brother named Jesus. And that elder brother named Jesus calls you his first name, beloved, and last name, son. First name, beloved, last name, daughter. That is how God sees you this morning. According to Hebrews 4, he is not counting your sins against you. You stand as a brand new creation right before the eyes of God. Is that not exciting news this morning? Okay. All right, let's look at this. Old Wineskin says fill a church, get a lot of people, have everybody parking way down the road, feed them, get more people, get more people, get more people. God had 12. That's all he needed, and those 12 were deep individuals. There's no 500 people in this room this morning, friend, but I believe by the power of the presence of Jesus that we are a deep people in here. We love one another. This is our family. Are you thankful for the family of God this morning? So I don't want to just feel good churches and repeat prayers of salvation. I want to do that. I want to see people go to heaven, but that's a miserable place to stop, friend. I see kids go off and they have an encounter with God. They get radically set free from all these different things. And in six months, they're right back in the sin that they were in before they ever got there. Why? There was no family. There was no homestead. There was no mother. There was no father. There was a good old preacher who was preaching the gospel. And that old kid that just had an encounter with God is not in an environment that is conducive for what he just experienced. So that's why I'm thankful for Cornerstone. That's why I'm thankful for Pastor John because he has created a place where the freedom of God and the presence of the Lord is top priority. We don't have it all figured out but one thing that I can tell you is that we're going to go after God, we're going to make His presence first, and we're going to do life together. That is His heart. That is my heart. That is our heart. That is the leadership of this house. We burn to see families swept not just in big corporate revival, but we want to see you living in personal revival revival is not just meetings it's not just salvations and being slain in the holy ghost revival is personal it's on the inside of you it is the light that you are cultivating on the inside damon thompson says this the answer for the world around you is the world within you the answer for the world around you is the world within you song of solomon one the shulamite bride says this in Song of Solomon 1, the Shulamite bride says this, I can, I've not even yet tender, uh, tended to my vineyard within. I've not yet even tended to my interior garden. Therefore, how do you expect me to tend your garden? I've been toiling in the sun all day. What is the garden? The garden is the picture of the inside of you and I, friend. There is a garden. There is a spirit man and a spirit realm that is way more real than the natural realm than what you could ever see. Do you believe that this morning? So our interior garden is very important. Romans 8 says this, that all of creation, all of the world, is groaning and longing for the manifestation, not of Jesus. All of creation is longing and groaning and standing on tippy-toe for the unveiling of the sons of God for the unveiling and the coming out and the explosion of the sons of God. You want to see revival, friend? You want to see a movement? Let a baptism of love come over your heart and begin to love those who don't have anybody else to love them. Begin to feed the poor. Begin to clothe the naked. Begin to let your light shine. That's not a little light. That's a big light. That's the light of the world. Begin to let that light shine in every day. This is just the whipped cream, but it is not the cherry on top. The Cherry on top is when we walk out of here, we have to realize who we are, and you are a builder. If you're a part of this ministry, friend, you are a builder. The very time that you walked into this place, you fell up into a prophetic environment that is an apostolic center. This is to be a place of renewal, a place of personal family revival, a place of family. That is what we are called to be, and so I pray that that is your heart this morning. All right, so... We must realize this, let's make this point. Everybody okay? I know I'm talking fast, I gotta hurry. If your last name is Trump, if your last name is Washington, if your last name is Jordan, Michael Jordan, if your last name is James, LeBron James, George Washington, President Obama, President Trump, President Clinton, whatever. If you graduate from Harvard, or from Yale. There are certain expectations around your life that people will view you through just because of what you've done and the accomplishments that you have had in life. They view you through a certain lens that that person's gonna be successful. I know that they're going to be successful because of what they've accomplished and what's already happened. Can I just encourage you this morning that the finished work of Jesus Christ is already done for you? Your name is not Jordan or James or Washington or Trump, but your name is son or daughter of God. That is who you are. Your first name is beloved, and your last name is son. Your first name is righteous, and your last name is daughter. Your first name is beautiful, and your last name is son. That is how God's sees you so we need to realize this friend that we have a God that sees knows every detail of our lives and it's not just about every other person that's going to do something great but if you want to do something great for God realize who you are and begin to walk in that destiny how about that we don't know who we are friend the clue this is the clue what would happen if we do not take from the church but we simply bless the church what would happen if we do not take from the world but what if we simply go out and be the light of the world Bezalel Bezalel was a forerunner he was the latter Moses gave him who wrote the book of Exodus Moses wrote it Bezalel had an assignment from Moses And his assignment was to build the tabernacle of God. In Exodus 31, verse 1 and 2, we see this. The first person that was ever mentioned to be filled with the Holy Spirit was Bezalel. It was Bezalel. Moses was so blown away with his expertise and with the spirit of wisdom that was resting on this man's life that he said, this man must be filled with the Spirit of God not by coincidence that Bezalel's name literally means in the shadow of or or under the protection of Almighty God. What if the church became the greatest training and equipping center that the world has ever seen? I saw a picture with Heidi Baker the other day in Google corporate offices. She is hanging out, praying, and doing worship with Google. What if you and I begin to go and influence institutions, schools, corporations, and we became the most innovative people on the face of the planet? Y'all know Elon Musk or Elon Musk, however you pronounce his name? Elon Musk is an atheist. He doesn't even believe in Jesus Christ, and that man is changing the world. You can do a lot of great things with gifting and with talent and with Intelligence, But when you function under the Spirit of God, you can function in a whole other realm, friend, that eye has not seen, that ear has not heard. That is what Bezalel knew. Moses said, oh my gosh, do you know how old Bezalel was when he created the tabernacle for the glory of the Lord to dwell? Do you know how old he was? 13 years old. What's my point? The point is that I believe that this generation is going to run with the ball, and it's going to take Malachi 4, 6. It's going to take the hearts of fathers turning to sons, and the hearts of sons turning to the fathers. And if the hearts of fathers can turn to the sons, and the sons to the fathers, I believe that we're not just going to see a double portion, because in the natural, it is additional. But in the spiritual realm, as Fiaz would say, it is Multiplication. Elijah to Elisha Paul to Timothy that is what we see so if we are willing to yield to what God is doing and operate in a culture of honor you will see what I has not seen and what ear has not heard it starts with a culture of presence it starts with a culture of covenant and I'm gonna talk about covenant in a minute okay the church is to be known for taking broken things and putting them back together Isaiah 61. I'm going to read that in a minute. But it literally says that the spirit of the Lord God is what? Upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. To set liberty the captive. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And these people that were broken, Isaiah prophesied this. He said that these people that were broken at one time now have been rebuilt. They're the ones that are going to rebuild the cities. They're the ones that are going to that are going to take the barren and the desolate lands, and they're going to rebuild something. If you don't hear another thing that I tell you this morning, let's walk out of here knowing that we are to be builders for the Christ Jesus. We are to be builders like Bezalel. Let's look at our situation. And you may say, hey man, I don't have the money to start building anything. Is it a house that you're talking about? Is it a business? No. I'm just talking about walking up, every waking up every single day of your life, knowing who you are and whose you are, and realizing that if I'm building just one person, it's worth it. If one person gets their life changed because you decided to be who you're called to be, it's all worth it. I didn't know Jatorian Kennedy, who's at Cook Middle School six months ago. I didn't know that kid. They call him Tay. I didn't know who Tay was. Tay was was not... Tay was not doing great. Tay was failing classes. He was not playing football because he was an ineligible. He was a broken, kind of a lost kid. Now God has restored his joy. He's passing his classes. He's not sleeping on the floor. And now he's eligible and he gets to play football. Why? Because of family. Family is powerful. When you hear, that's my beloved son and I'm proud of you, something on the inside of you rises up. If that person believes in me, then I can believe in myself. Let's believe again, friend. Can, you, can we do that this morning? Let's believe. I remember about two months ago, I remember having this thing on the inside of me. And I remember telling Abby, I said, Some, something, there's got to be something more to this. There's got to be something more than just services. And I go through about a two-month period where I am just extremely frustrated. Every day that I'm in service, I'm, I'm really not at a place where I'm really going deep with the Lord. And I just find myself just in this holy frustration. And I remember thinking to myself, God, if it's, if it's just services and it's just messages and if it's just good worship, I don't want to do it anymore. That is a miserable place to be, friend. If the only time that we are walking in our identity and encountering the love of Jesus Christ, we are living a life that is mediocre, that is complacent, and that is stagnant. Jesus can encounter you in your vehicle when you leave here today. Jesus can encounter you in your bedroom, in your bathroom, in your classroom, in the lunchroom, in the gym, in the cafeteria, wherever you're at or in the factory, wherever you may be, Jesus' presence is there. Bible says the only thing we have to do is call on his name, Jeremiah 33. Call to me and I will answer you. So we're going to be builders for the next generation. We need builders. All right, here we go. Now we're about to get into some good stuff. You ready? As Pastor would say, let's strap on the seatbelt. Here we go. Bezalel means in the shadow of God, in the protection of God. Bezalel was the son of Uri, and he was the son of her. Her, most of you may know this, that in the book of Exodus, Jesus used her and he used Aaron, the priest Aaron, to hold up the arms of Moses. Anytime that Moses had his arms lifted, the Israelites would prevail, right? When his arms would get tired, the Israelites would struggle. So what does her do? Her and her who is because Bezalel's grandfather and Aaron decide that they're going to place a stone for Moses to sit upon, for him to sit upon like the rock of God, like the firm foundation. And Aaron and her are going to hold up the arms of Moses. What's the point that you're trying to make? Her was Bezalel's grandson. What did her know? He knew that if one generation come on somebody, he knew that if one generation could hold up the hands for the for the for the for the man and for the woman of God, that there would be a Bezalel that would come that would begin to build places where the glory of God would dwell. So if one generation is in captivity, it'll lead to the next generation's compromise. But if one generation can hold up the hands and say, go, run, grow, you can make it. I'm proud of you. You're going to do it. Then what you will see is this generation begin to rise up, and they'll be the ones that are going to build. They're going to be the ones that are going to do it. And we're going we're to blow on that anointing. Because why? The left-handed generation is rising. It takes Let me stop right there. I'm getting off on a rabbit trail. All right, here we go. Bezalel's assignment was to build God a house that he might dwell upon his people. Okay? Foxes have holes, birds have nests. But there is no place for the Son of Man to lay his head. That's what the Bible says. There was no place for the Son of Man to lay his head. Do you know right now that the Holy Spirit is seeking right now where he may dwell? Bill Johnson teaches that he's not just in us, but the Holy Spirit is desiring to rest upon us. The Bible says that when John the Baptist baptizes Jesus, the Gospel of John says, as Bill teaches, that the dove remained on Jesus' shoulder, and then he was drove into the wilderness. What would you live and how would your life look like if you had a dove on your shoulder? We are to live every day knowing that Jesus Christ is in us. Holy Spirit is moving. He's tugging on our hearts. And if we will learn to answer the call, if we will learn to reply to the moving and the wooing of the Holy Spirit, and you might be at the table and you might say, hey man, I just need to go get under the shadow of the Most High. I might need to just go talk to Jesus. I might need to just go let him lavish his love on me. You come out a new creature. That is the power of intimacy. Bezalel was a young man, but he was a young man that was a builder, and he was gifted by God with wisdom, knowledge, and workmanship. The Bible says that this man was like, he had wisdom like none other, even so, even in a, in a greater way than what Moses had. When the heavenly model, when the heavenly model of the candlestick of the temple, do you know that we have the holy anointing hole, we have the linen ephod, we have the the uh, the table of showbread the in the Ark of the Covenant, right, where the presence of the Lord would dwell in the Old Testament, right? The cloud by day and the fire by night. This was before Jesus was living on the earth where his presence, right? When that was happening in the Old Testament, there was all these things in the tabernacle, right? Moses, and when I studied this out, I saw this. Moses actually did it in inverted order. Before you see Bezalel, you see all the things and everything else that's going inside the temple, but Bezalel decides to build the temple. Moses in humility says, you know what? That man must be filled with the spirit of wisdom. He doesn't rise up in anger. He doesn't rise up in arrogance. He doesn't rise up in bitterness, but says, wow, the latter must be really greater than the former. And it's not about dotting every eye. And it's not about crossing every tea. And it's not about getting a lot of people and feeding them really good food. But what it is about is the presence of God. And just like Joseph, the Bible says that when he was sold naked on the auction block, the Bible says that God was with him. And I want to tell you this morning, friend, God is with you. And if God is for you, then who in the world can be against you? The battle is not yours, but the battle belongs to the Lord. No weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come nigh your dwelling place. It was wisdom. This is what we're talking about this morning. The spirit of wisdom. It was wisdom. That gave Bezalel the skill and the ability to get this task done for Jesus. Bezalel was given a supernatural wisdom to take the task of this artistic excellence. In the Old Testament, when somebody was filled with the spirit of wisdom, you saw creativity, you saw excellence, but you did not see power. David was a man who pulled New Testament realities into an Old Covenant world, right? Bezalel was functioning under an, under an old covenant, and he had the spirit of wisdom, knowledge, and he was gifted like none other. What would happen if we paint that picture of creativity? Oh, Father, Father God, Yahweh, he is the one that initiates. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the elder brother, right, Yeshua, he is the one that administrates. Because He is the Word. We are not to live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. So God the Father initiates. I'm talking to us right here. God the Father initiates. God the Son administrates. And Holy Spirit, what we're talking about today, He manifests. He is the one that carries through creativity. The same way that I just read to you in Exodus 31, 31 right? What we read about Bezalel? That same Spirit of God that filled Bezalel is closely, most closely related to Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2 says this The Spirit of God hovered over the waters. The earth was void and dark, but Jesus spoke. And there was light. That same spirit that God that which was representing the Holy Spirit that caused light to manifest in the world because where Jesus is, there can be no darkness. That same spirit that's alive on the inside of me and you, I'm trying to get you to understand this. That same spirit that was alive in creation, that Jesus breathed and gave life and gave light, L-I-G-H-T, is the same spirit that gave Bezalel the anointing to build the tabernacle because Psalm says, God, I love the place where your glory dwells. Don't you love the resting place of God? Don't you love the place where his glory dwells? I believe that God is looking for mighty young prophets and he's looking for a prophetic movement to arise and it's happening all over the earth where 24-7 worship is going to arise. The presence of Almighty God is going to dwell there and signs, wonders, and miracles are going to happen and we are going to partner with an Old Testament uh, reality that said be that said be full of wisdom that said be full of knowledge that said you be excellent but now under the new covenant we have the power of the Holy Ghost so that is the connection do you see that here we have skill but now we have power so combining the two what if that looked like the balanced Christian life what if that was really the way that you and I were supposed to live Holy Spirit is not just powerful, He is joyful. Holy Spirit is not just righteous, but He is full of creativity. That dream that's alive on the inside of you, I speak to that dream, and I say, come alive in Jesus' name. I I remember telling my family this. I remember saying, hey, man, what about my kids? You know what I'm saying? What about my kids? What about my kids and my grandkids? What what are they going to drink from? What, what, what's their experience going to look like? And I was kind of overtaken like Nehemiah when he said about the wall of Jerusalem being built. He was overtaken with, and I, I, I remember thinking that to myself like, yeah, man, I'm thankful for what happened then. But what are we building now? Where there is no vision, the people perish. So let's rise up with vision today. Let's be Bezalel. Let's build, even when our eyes don't see it. He's for you, even when it doesn't feel like it. He is with you, friend. Moses was the grandson of her. Moses was the grandson of Miriam. Miriam and her were married, and Exodus. We see Miriam leading the daughters of Israel out of the wilderness and they begin to sing and they begin to sing praises to God. The Bible says that Miriam led them out with the tambourine. She was a prophetess. Who was Miriam? Miriam was the grand was the grandmother of Bezalel. Miriam was the sister of Moses. You have Jochebed and you had Amram. Jochebed and Amram. Amram and Jochebed were the parents of Moses, Aaron and Miriam. What was the decree by Pharaoh? Pharaoh put a decree out. All Hebrew boys, because of the population problem, all Hebrew boys, we're going to kill them. So, So Amram and Jochebed and Miriam, they decide that they're going to put Moses in the basket. They put Moses in the basket. And when they put Moses in the basket, they go down and put him in the Nile River, right? The Prince of Egypt that every children's church has seen in America, right? So they put Moses in the basket. And what does your Bible say? It says that Jochebed and Miriam were there overseeing Moses. And when Pharaoh, I'm talking to you right here, listen, and when Pharaoh's daughter came down to the river to bathe herself because the Bible says that she had a skin disease. Pharaoh's daughter had a skin disease, and when she had a skin disease, she goes down into the cool water to bathe, and she comes into contact with Jacobed. She comes into contact with Miriam, and when she comes into contact with them, the Bible says that she's healed of her skin disease. What is the point? She came up under God's chosen family. She came up under covenant. Her was the one that held up that held up Moses' hand for the Israelites to prevail. Then you had Moses who led the children of Israel through the parting of the Red Sea. That same spirit that parted the Red Sea was the same spirit that was hovering over the waters in Genesis. That same spirit that parted the Red Sea for Moses is the same spirit that Bezalel had when he built the tabernacle for the place of God to dwell. He was a master builder. So when when Jacobed comes into covenant, When she comes into covenant, when she comes under the umbrella of family, when she comes under the covenant of presence, of God's chosen family, things happen. Restoration, listen, listen, restoration is authenticated by covenant. If you need things to get restored in your life, maybe you've laid down a covenant. Covenant brings healing, covenant brings uh, restoration, covenant brings the repairer of the breach. It was the right hand of covenant, friend, that that Ehud had. The Bible says that Ehud, in Judges chapter 3, the Bible says that Ehud had the right thigh, of uh, he had a dagger under his right thigh, and he was a left-handed man, so he would have had to reach with his right thigh pull the dagger out. And the Bible says that the ugly, naughty king of uh, King Eglon was killed with uh, with the right thigh of covenant that Ehud used in Judges chapter 3. It will always be covenant that slays the enemy. I don't like to talk about enemy a lot, but if you are operating outside of covenant and you are disconnected, you are fighting your battles by yourself. It is not by my power. It is not by my spirit, but it is by, not by my might, not by my power, but by by his spirit alone God who called you is faithful to fulfill every work all of his promises are yes and amen and first Samuel chapter 19 I believe it is we see Samuel and we see the prophet Samuel and he's hanging out with Saul's servants and Saul's servants say go down there go down there because I'm trying to figure out what the heck's going on and when Saul sends his servants down there they don't return to King Saul when they don't return to King Saul Saul says hey he sends another group out. Then he sends another group. He he sends three he sends 3 Rotations of servants to go figure out what in the world's going on with David and what in the world's going on with Saul, with, uh, with Samuel. When he gets there, the Bible says that Saul himself begin to prophesy. What am I telling you? When you come up under an umbrella that is prophetic, that is where the presence of the God dwells, where the presence and the Almighty, just the shadow and the glory of God dwells there, where there is family, where there is covenant, where there is bone on bone and flesh on flesh, things that were broken can get put back together Pharaoh's decree could not stand with covenant he was going to kill Moses but Miriam because she was watching over she was watching over with her mom she decided that she was going to watch over and when Jochebed came to Jochebed came to bathe there was a healing that took place does that make sense to you this morning covenant brings healing covenant slays the giants covenant 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 alright I'm almost done Bezalel was only 13. Listen, I stand on the shoulders of many great men and women of God today. And one of those great men, men of God was my grandfather, Doc Dees. Doc Dees was a man of holiness. He was a man of prayer. And, and, and he died to cancer. But listen to me. 1 Timothy, is it first or second, Steve? 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 1.5 says this. Paul's instructing his spiritual son Timothy, and he says, Be not weary, or don't forget the faith that was passed down to you by your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. I want to tell you this morning, friend, that we do not need just 12-year-olds. We need the grandmas. We don't have just teenagers in here. There are families represented in this house. And where there are families, where there is the motherly anointing, where there is the fatherly anointing, there is healing, there is breakthrough, and there is victory in the house. There are things that these young men of God are going to do that are going to blow me way out of the water. But that is how the kingdom works. Paul passed his greatest work off to Timothy. Ephesus was the greatest work of all. But what was Paul's prayer to the church of Ephesus? What did he say? In Ephesians 1 chapter 17, I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Now more than ever, friend, we need the spirit of wisdom. If you do not have counsel in your life, get counsel. Build somebody. Find you a person. We need, sons need fathers. Mothers, daughters need mothers. I have young men and women that would love nothing more for them to receive a phone call by a father father in this house telling you, hey, man, I just want to encourage you today. What is the point that I'm trying to make to you? I'm talking to you about building with family. I'm talking to you today about this was the whole thing that I wanted to say. I believe God's heart is desiring to partner with us in a way like never before to co-labor with mature sons and daughters to build the blueprint of heaven to carry out the prophecy of Isaiah 61. This may mean we have to travel into a whole nother world. We know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Who was the father of Abraham? Terah. Nobody talks about Terah. Why? Because he died before he got to Canaan. Abram had to be willing to get from out. Abraham had to be willing to get out from his tent. He had to look up at the stars and travel to an unknown land. This may mean an unknown land to you. This may mean something that doesn't feel right. It doesn't sound right. But I can tell you that where the presence of the Lord is, there is liberty. Where family is, there is freedom. Do you believe that this morning? All right, I'm almost done. I know I've said it three times. So, let's look at Solomon quickly. Who builds the house of God after David? David. David was a man of war. Solomon was the one who built God's house. In 1 Kings chapter 10, we see the queen of Sheba. The queen of Sheba comes in and she begins to admire all of Solomon's work. And when she admires Solomon's work, she takes basically all the money, the spices and the myrrh and all the expensive stuff that she has and she blesses Solomon because they were moving with such a spirit of wisdom. They were moving with such a spirit of excellence. They were moving with such a spirit of creativity that the queen of Sheba was blown away. And when she was blown away, she gave all that she had. Listen to me, friend. I believe that there's people in this house that are going to sit with kings and with queens because that is your destiny. Do you believe that this morning? Come on, I want to know that you believe it, that we're on the break of destiny. Destiny is knocking on your door. I'm ready for faith to arise again. I pray that you're leaving this morning with an impartation of faith to know that the latter shall be greater than the former. We are a brand new creation today, friend. Do you get what I'm telling you? No one pours old wine into an old wine skin. We need to begin to pour the wine skin in our lives, in our homes, in our children, in our marriages, because God is really, really ready to pour out fresh new wine. And when there is a crushing, there is a wine. A lot of you in here have been through a lot of stuff. You've been through death. You've been through sickness. You've been through hurt. You've been through broken covenants. But God is getting ready to raise up Ehud's who are going to be deliverers that are going to function with the right thigh of covenant. They're going to take that dagger out and they're going to walk. The Bible says that Ehud had to travel into an upper room to, to slay the enemy. Where do we fight our battles from, friend? We fight them from the upper room. What does the upper room stand for? It stands for worship. It stands for prayer. We fight our battles through the melodies of heaven. We fight our battles through the cadence and being in rhythm. What with God is doing on the earth? God is moving. He's never stagnant. He's never just standing still. God is always moving. He's creative. He's not just staying stagnant. God is longing to build something on the earth. But he co-labors with man. He co-labors with woman. And just like Bezalel, just like Nehemiah, just like Moses, Moses had a tabernacle of sacrifice. David had a tabernacle of worship. You know how the tabernacle of worship was built? strategically with how God said do you know how we have the book of Psalms today that we just read those Psalms are really songs that Levites and different ones would come and when they would come under the umbrella and the covenant of God's presence the scribes would sit and they would begin to pin out the songs why because when we are in the presence of the Lord creativity flows When we are in the presence of the Lord, joy flows. The kingdom of heaven is not meat nor drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth as the waters do cover the sea. Why? Because the answer for the world around you is the world within you. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. The same Spirit, the very same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is alive, and He's on the inside of you. Do you believe that this morning? Come on, stand to your feet. We're building, we're building, we're building. Pull up Isaiah 11 in the Passion Translation. Pull up Isaiah 11 in the Passion Translation for me. Thank you, Lord. Pick me up. Isaiah 11 verse 1 in the Passion. I love this what did Paul pray for the church of Ephesus the spirit of wisdom this is not knowledge that is learned from books or study but knowledge that comes from experiencing intimacy with God Michael second Samuel chapter 6 the daughter of Saul right she marries David David gets the Ark of the Covenant and he brings it back into Jerusalem. When he brings the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem, the Bible says that Michael stands at a distance and she begins to judge David. And she says, why have you uncovered yourself? Why have the how why has the great king uncovered himself? And David replies and he says, I'll become even more undignified than this. What am I telling you this morning? He's raising up, he's raising up passionate worshipers. He's raising up prophetic people that are gonna dance like nobody's watching. And just like David built the house of the Lord, and Michael tried to stop it, she tried to judge it. David replies back to her and she's and he says, and she says, woman, I'm gonna become even crazier. I'm going to become even more undignified than this because the God that kept me from the lion, the God that kept me from the bear was the same God that helped me take down Pharaoh. And if I can take down the lion, if I can take down the bear, God's going to allow me to slay your giant with the spirit of wisdom. David operated. You got Isaiah 11 for me, Gav? David operated in vulnerability Honesty, excuse me, vulnerability, creativity, authenticity, and originality, just like Michael, David's wife. Those who stay at a distance, who are disconnected and refusing to break their boxes like the lady with the alabaster box will remain barren, never producing anything. Give me Bible, Stanton. Here is Bible. The Bible says that when Michael judged David for his elaborate worship, that she was struck barren and never had any kids. Intimacy and union with God, we will reproduce. So... Bezalel was under the shadow of God. Therefore, he could reproduce with the spirit of wisdom. All right, that's okay If we don't have it, I got it right here. Isaiah 11. Look here. Look at this Notice what this says the cut-off stump of Jesse will sprout who was Jesse the father of David a fruitful branch will grow from his roots and the spirit of Yahweh will rest upon him look This is is the seven spirits of God. Look at this. The spirit of Yahweh will rest upon him. The spirit of extraordinary what? Wisdom. The spirit of perfect understanding. The spirit of wise strategy. Now more than ever, we need to get people alone with God so they cannot decide what to do based off of what everybody else is telling them to do. We need to get alone with God so we can receive strategic strategy and wisdom and the blueprints of heaven so we can be. what God is calling us to build can I get an amen he will find his delight in living by the spirit of the fear of the Lord come on he will never judge by appearances nor make his decision based on rumors with righteousness he will uphold justice for the poor and defend the lowly of the earth his words will be like a scepter of power that conquers the world Isaiah is speaking of the Messiah and with his breath, he will slay the lawless one. Righteousness will be his warrior's sash, and faithfulness his, his, uh, his belt. Hunter, where you at, buddy? Hunter, I've got some supplies right here in this room where the water fountain is. drinking. will you help him? Will you grab that for me? There's a poster board and some stuff in there, if y'all grab it and just set it right here on the, on the, uh, on the stage. The Hebrew word for spirit in Exodus 31 is ruach. Ruach represents the wind of God. This word spirit is most closely related to creation. God the Father initiates. God the Son administrates. And it's the Holy Spirit that manifests. They're just bringing stuff out. Look at me. It was the creative thing in the Holy Spirit That triggered that with God the Father. That caused that to happen. It's the Holy Spirit that carries out. It's the Holy Spirit that creates. The Holy Spirit is not to be ignored. We are to live every day with the Holy Spirit. All right. Can we go to that song right there that I that I sent you, that Tasha song, please? We're going to do one more thing and I'm going to let you go home. Turn it up when you get it. I want you to lift your hands. Thank you, Lord. Look here. This spirit right here that we're talking about, man. This spirit. Turn this mic up for me, John God, Brown. Send your spirit Everybody lift your hands. You this same spirit fire. that Bezalel we used. This same spirit was the one that enabled the prophets to prophesy. This spirit will be poured out in the last days. Joel 2 there's an army coming this spirit revives the dead Ezekiel chapter 37 this spirit imparts wisdom for understanding 1 Kings chapter 10 where the queen of Sheba is blown away with Solomon's wisdom this spirit by the gust of his nostrils the Lord piled up the waters of the Red Sea this spirit is the spirit that Jeremiah spoke of concerning concerning the entire wind the four winds the north the south the east and the west. Job 33 chapter 4, the Spirit of God has made me and the breath of the Almighty God gives me life. The creation that we see today, friend, manifested because the Holy Spirit enacted the creative desire of the Father. Listen to this. Holy Spirit is called Holy Spirit 96 times. The Spirit of the Lord 28 times. He is the helper four times by Jesus and John 14 16 he's called the helper that word helper there is parakalitos parakalitos is two words put together in the Greek para and kalitos para means close kalitos means called by God when you put the two together come on somebody you've got the spirit and you have got a calling by God if man puts his hands on you nothing will happen but if God puts his hands on you. You will never be the same again. Whoa, oh, he's the helper four times. He's the comforter. He's the spirit of truth. He's the spirit of counsel in Isaiah 11. He's the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge. Come on, catch the wind right there, man. Spirit of the fear of the Lord. He's the spirit of glory. He's the spirit of power in Isaiah 4. He's the spirit of life in Romans 8. The spirit of love, power, and a sound mind in 1 Timothy. He is the spirit of prophecy and the spirit of revelation in Ephesians. He is worthy. Come on. He is mighty. And he is awesome. Bezalel meant under the shadow of God. And Psalm 91 says that those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of El Shaddai. You're safe in his arms this morning, friend. You're not just safe. God's calling you to build. And we got a builder right there that's been here for a long time. And I felt like the Lord to do this today and I wish I had somebody to help me pray but this is what God is saying let's build let's build let's build do you believe that this morning come on we're going to build the place of God let's build friend we're going to build we're not going to lay dormant we're going to build look this is what happens turn me up some of y'all need to put your helmets on again man strap your boots up again Get your hammers, and let's build what God's saying to build. Do you believe that, man? Come on. Look at this. This is the consequences of what happened. I want you to turn this down just a minute, and then we're going to turn it back up. Look, Holy Spirit is permanently called closely alongside each of us to provide coaching, direction, and instruction, and counsel in our life journey. He is the friend when we don't have a friend. He's always there. This is the consequences of what's going to happen when we choose to build with God. Everyone raise your hands and I'm going to pray for you. Here are 10 things that are going to happen in Jesus' name. I declare it. We're going to tap into ancient wells. Prayers and prophecies. Sons and daughters are going to be raised up. And we're going to send them out with the DNA of this house. Fulfillment of prophecy. The entrepreneurial spirit will rise. Our city will shine for God. New businesses and institutions will come. Wisdom from heaven. Spirit of the Lord being our primary marking that symbolizes us as we build. The body of Christ moving in unity and not dysfunction. There will be a fresh wave of adoption option that hits the earth an army of people do you believe what i'm saying this morning an army of people actually believing that god is who he says he is we believe christ in me is the hope of glory and we will create and build the heavenly model when we become the chosen generation and the royal priesthood put your hands together for jesus let's pray y'all ready let's pray lift your hands up to heaven God, we say we're gonna build, Lord. We're not gonna be shy, we're not gonna be timid, we're gonna do what you're telling us to do. God, give us strength, God, let us run the race like Paul. Let us build, let us not grow weary in in, in just doing small things. Let us not despise the days of small beginnings but I stand here as a representation of heaven, as a prophetic declaration, and I declare, Lord, that we're gonna build, even when the world calls us crazy, we're gonna dance like David danced, we're gonna sing a new song unto the Lord, and we're gonna build, and our city, our region, our state, and our nation shall be changed and renewed and reformed by the power of Yeshua the Christ. The son of the living God if you believe it turn it up if you believe it. Let's celebrate Jesus come on Come on. We're gonna build Oh, come on you can do better than that. Come on We're gonna build Lord We're gonna build We bless you today in Jesus name you are dismissed. Let's go build you ready. Let's go build what God's saying to build We hope you enjoyed our message of the week. Thanks for joining us. Our passion at Cornerstone is our family atmosphere built on deep relationships. We want to connect with you. Please take a moment and download our app and connect with us on social media to stay updated with all things Cornerstone. We pray you have a wonderful week.